We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What up, what up? It's the day after the Super Bowl and Perloff is in a deep, deep depression. A (laughs) funk, if you will. Um, I mean, you're putting on a brave face. No. You're always the pro, the consummate pro, but you were in the building last night in Phoenix only to watch your team get absolutely hosed by a terrible right. defensive holding call. I don't know if that makes it any better, but you should have had a chance at a final, a real final drive, not eight seconds left with no timeouts. Right. I'm not 100% depressed. I'm also I'm 60% depressed, 40% angry. So yeah. the anger is balancing out the depression. <laughs> and the anger is growing by the minute. Yeah. Because I, I, I feel like it's it's growing. Uh, I think a lot of people last night in the airport, I did, took the red eye, all people were talking about was the call. That was the only story of the game. Listen, it is the story of the game, which is a shame because it was a great amazing game. I mean, it really was. It had it all. And especially in the second half, watching Mahomes gutted out on the ankle, the adjustments by the Chiefs, the fact that the you know Eagles answered back, and it wasn't just Jalen Hurts scoring the touchdown. It was Jalen Hurts with the two-point conversion. Like, all the, the game had it all. And then, okay, here we go. Final two minutes. And then, boom, a defensive holding call that allows the Chiefs just to kneel out the game. Quick story. I was in the security line at the airport la- last night, and Ricky Ricardo, our buddy. Yeah, the voice does, of the Eagles. The voice Spanish. of the Eagles, Spanish voice of the Eagles and the Yankees. Yep. He, I said, hey, how you doing? He's like, ah, tough one. And he goes, what do you think of the call at the end? I, I said, might have been the right one, but it was terrible timing. There are 100 people in line. Everyone, everyone starts saying, <laughs> Oh my gosh! Are you kidding me? It was obviously, uh, <laughs> ridi- it, yeah. yeah. I don't want to curse right here, oh, but yeah. it BS. fifty people spoke up and complained about that call. That was all people were talking about in the airport, including neutral fans. I I was with a guy right in the airport who had a Bills jersey on, so immediately we started talking about you. Yeah, thanks. Of course, and <laughs> you want to talk about commiserating with people in deep depressions? I got a couple Bills fans I can introduce. Oh, you to. I know. He bought tickets in December, figuring it was a fait accompli. And it's his fault. Thanks, but buddy. He said he was pulling for the Eagles a little bit. He says a neutral fan is this was not what he wanted to see at the end of the game, and yeah. I get that. It was brutal to watch. Brutal to watch at the end of the game because you thought, oh, we're going to set up here for an all-time ending, and then it just like, you know, just a real, just fart of an ending. Do you think? I think it was still a very good Super Bowl. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know how yeah. else to describe it. That's just a perfect way. To it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. All of a sudden, uh, all my words left me, and all I was left with was a fart. Noise. I don't know <laughs> if uh, NFL Films will describe it this way. <laughs> and we were left with a fart of an ending. <laughs> with sound effects. Um, Okay, so we're going to get into who has the brighter future, the Chiefs 
or the Eagles. But first, we want to do my top five non-football moments from the Super Bowl last Can't night. Wait. Okay, so yeah, a little whatever you want to do. A little whatever you want. Artist choice over there. Uh, let's <laughs> that, do an, an also receiving scrambling votes. on this one. <laughs> wait, wait, no, no. Before you do music or drum rolls or anything, let's do also receiving votes because I need you for this part too, Stu. Can you do 50 things at once? Of course you can. Also receiving votes on the top five best non-football moments from last night. Most memorable, I should probably say. Not best. Let's put top five most memorable non-football moments from last night. This one was Serena Williams, who is in several ads and commercials. She tried to go for the Any Given Sunday thing, and it didn't land. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone around us to pieces for that inch. We claw with our fingernails for that inch. Because we know... That's going to make the difference between winning and losing. Oh, it's tough. Now, here is the original Al Pacino doing Any Given Sunday. Let's listen to the OG. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that inch. We claw with our fingernails for that inch. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's going to make the difference between winning See, it's like, why even put Serena in that spot where you're trying to do the same thing that Al Pacino, Mm. one of the great actors of our lives, has done? I can't stand that movie. And I I know the fact there is no person on this planet, not a single person who cares less about professional football than Al Pacino. (laughs) And I know this because I talked to a couple actors on set once about this. Yeah. He, he was acting obviously. I, that movie was so dumb and that speech was so over the top. Serena never should have tried to do it. (laughs) We'll have to debate the merits of any given Sunday. Another time. Well, you didn't like the whole movie. Did you? No, I didn't like the whole movie, but it's like any Oliver Stone movie. It's like, what the heck no. is going on here? Platoon is a masterpiece. Any given Sunday. Well, my, uh, well, well let's <laughs> say, we need to do a, a show watch of any given Sunday because I think that is the cheesiest movie ever. We have like okay. nine movies to watch together. I know. We're starting with Caddyshack, Caddyshack 2, 2, which Caddyshack Maggie maintains is a comedic commercial. masterpiece. No, and then Blue Chips because Perloff says it doesn't hold up. We're getting off topic. Okay. Also receiving votes for my <laughs> top five most memorable non-football moments from the Super Bowl. Um, DeMar Hamlin coming out onto the field, not just with DeMar, but all of the first responders who helped to save his life. That was an incredible moment. Also receiving votes, top five most memorable uh, non-football moments. The Gronk field goal, Yeah. which I don't know, guys. They showed us one angle, just the behind the shot. It hooked a little bit, but we never saw another angle. We never saw the above angle. Or anything. Like, did that shot actually hook? I don't know what you're talking about. I saw it on my little computer. It looked like it missed by 30 yards. I don't think so. It was closer than that. And we never got a replay or anything. So, so you're saying, uh, I don't know. You're saying FanDuel did something untoward to you? I'm not calling out anyone specifically. I'm just saying would have liked a replay. That's wow. all. Okay. I mean, those are expensive commercials. <laughs> I don't think they had a lot of time to go to a replay. Maybe people actually bet on it. Anyway, okay. Now let's get to the real thing. Top five most memorable non-football moments from the Super Bowl. Number five. Now this one's going to be split. Two post-game cringe moments by announcers. The first one from Chris Berman. 
Also, of course, two African-American quarterbacks starting against each other in the Super Bowl for the first time. Fittingly, February 12th is Abe Lincoln's birthday. Here we go with the highlights in case you missed it. <laughs> what? <laughs> the NFL primetime music? Like, oh, don't do it, Chris. Like, oh, no. We're going to go to abolishing. So I just, it, you can't do the turn there. You're one of the best to ever do it, but you can't do that. And then this is tied with Terry Bradshaw also cringing as he's handing out the Super Bowl trophy. He's fat shaming Andy Reid. Let me get the big guy in here. Come on, waddle over here. I know that you're getting up in years now like me, and I just know that it's got to be a time. you got to say to yourself, time to ride off into the sunset. That's not going to happen, is it? No, no. I'm going to enjoy this one right here. I'm going to okay. tell you, this is unbelievable. Have a cheeseburger on us and enjoy their Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> Come on, waddle on over here. Guys, accepting the Super Bowl trophy. Maybe we can leave the fat jokes to the side. Well, the cheeseburger thing is fine because that's his Andy Reid signature thing. That has become his thing. Yeah, no, no, he loves cheeseburger. He talks all the time yes. about how I've, after I win, I celebrate with a cheeseburger. Sure, I'm sure that's the only time he's having cheeseburger. I don't know. I don't have as much a problem. The first one was a lot. Come on, waddle over here. Come on, waddle on over. As here. Terry Bradshaw, the, he, the guy <laughs> gets a pass on anything that's not completely offensive. <laughs> the bourbon to me was a little worse. I was actually watching it live, or I, I think it was on my plane, maybe a replay, and I said, did he just reference Abe Lincoln's <laughs> birth? So I bad. couldn't understand what was going on. You want to know what I did at that moment? That's when I was like, bink, and turn off the TV. <laughs> I think we've all had enough tonight. Uh, the Andy Re- That was such a weird thing when Andy Reid came up the podium. Because Andy clearly loves Berman, and I'm like, are you best friends? or What's going on here? I don't know. It was something. But, like, Andy also knows, like, Steve Young very well. Oh, I know he coached coached Steve Young in San Francisco. He was part of that staff, so that made sense. Yeah, it was not hard-hitting journalism with a capital J. (laughs) No, but also, uh, for the eagle eyes out there, Tammy Reed wearing the same outfit as Aaron Andrews. Okay, number four. Yeah. Number four, my most memorable non-football moments. And this is the only commercial that's going to make it into this list. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. The farmer's dog commercial. Everyone was crying at that one, right? I was like, are you going to actually, this dog, we're not going to see the dog in like the dog cemetery. Are we at the end? I thought that's where this was going. And I was like, I'm going, this one just hit me right in the heart. Okay. I hated that commercial. I saw it, got the... Because it is playing on heartstrings, and this trend, it wasn't the only dog commercial tonight. They're watching social media trends. People love dogs. Honestly, you didn't find it manipulative? Emotionally manipulative? Yes, and I and my emotions and they're selling were manipulated. A pro- they're selling a product by reminding you of a, oh, it made me sick. Oh, and they've got the baby there, and then the dog's got all the white. You are a sucker beard. for that ad. Does it bother you? That is so... I was too busy crying for it to bother me. <laughs> oh, and the girl... I'm Listen, I cried too. I'm not going to lie. I cried. But then I felt bad about it. That is corporate... You know, they're, they're making real human emotions into some corporate product. It's kind of disgusting. Laura in the chat said, Farmer's Dog, that was the best commercial. I Everybody thought it was did. the most memorable. It won all the Q rating things it did. by yeah. far. Because you remember the sad. Like, you remember the emotion of that as opposed to, like, whatever, the Breaking Bad for pop chips or whatever. <laughs> but the, in general... Are, as a person, don't you not like commercials that are playing on emotions? Like that one with the woman in the Toyota and her dad is missing. Her. We don't know if with he's the dead voice or not. Mail, I know. That doesn't oh. bother you that they're they're using your heartstrings to sell products. Honestly, I didn't think about it until just this moment. Maybe I. By the way, if uh, I will completely flip on this, if they want to sponsor us, then it was the best. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Pearl and I, we can cry on. Maybe demand. maybe the emotion was too much for me, and I had to 
make this logical take to deflect from it because listen, I'm a sucker. I, I I'm not gonna lie and say I didn't tear up. I mean, but I'm human. <laughs> Everyone is looking for like what's the next thing? What's the next thing? It turns out just put someone in a lifelong relationship with their dog, like that's it. That's the whole thing. That's the key to advertising. Boom. Just get us to cry. Okay. Number three on my top five most memorable moments from last night, non-football edition. Eagles fans booing Dak Prescott as he is accepting the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott. (laughs) What is wrong with you people? Let me welcome your newest Walter Payton Man of the Year, Dak Prescott. Defend yourselves, Philly fans. Defend myself. You guys are all suckers for this manipulative dog commercial. And (laughs) Eagles fans actually care about their team and and are loyal to that. This fake Walter Payton Man of the Year award, which is a joke right now, by the way. I am sorry. What, because of the Russell thing? The Russell Wilson, the fact that 24% of his charity goes to charity... The Walter Payton Man of the Award's always been a joke. Everyone knows charity's a game. I think it's prestigious, man. I no, think that- everyone knows it's always been a game. I'm sorry. This is no sleep, Perloff. I'm just going <laughs> to say, the Walter Payton Man of the Award, I think inside the league it's a joke. I think it's all wow. PR. You know it's PR. I know, but I, I think that the people who receive it, I think it means something to them. They do all this charity work. I think it's like the one award that, quite frankly, is probably not tarnished in the NFL. Remember that show about the NFL with Rock? The Rock. Yeah, it was called um, Players. Yeah, Playmakers. Um, All right, whatever. No, no, no. Playmakers was the other one. Ballers. Ballers. Thank you. They had a huge running line about how this player supposedly had a charity and how he's one of the good guys, and it was all a complete sham. (laughs) Okay, but that was also fiction. Fiction based on a lot of... That was... They knew exactly what they were talking about. Come on. I actually love Dak Prescott. I think he's super cool, but... I get. I am glad the Eagles fan booed him. I'm a hundred percent glad. It was peak Philadelphia sports fan. And by the way, to if that, boo a guy getting a charity award. If that dog that was getting old had a little doggy outfit with the Cowboys on, the Eagles fans <laughs> would boo him. Come on, be he who would've. you are. I, I like that the Eagles fan booed him. Be who you are. They booed Santa Claus. Why not go after Dak? <laughs> I, I know, and Santa never like you know. Put 40 up on him. Maggie, you're the most cynical person I know. You don't look at the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award a bit suspiciously? No, it's the one thing I'm like, good for those guys. Oh, gosh. (laughs) You're the most cynical person. All right, go ahead. Uh, I actually thought that was cool. It'd be cool to get the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Okay. Uh, Number two in the top five most memorable non-football moments in the Super Bowl, Nick Sirianni crying during the national anthem. That wasn't just a tear rolling down the cheek, no Sean Moreno style. Remember for the Broncos when he would have those massive, one massive tear that would oh, just during roll? the anthem? No, I didn't, anthem. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, that was no Sean Moreno's thing. But Nick Sirianni just, he was he was crying. Yeah, I saw both sides. Has it been revealed? Was that because of the moment? Was that because of the anthem? Has he talked about it? I have not seen any reporting. I didn't see any reporting on it. Samter, you saw something. He did speak about it after the game, said that he just had dreamed about being in that moment for a very long time. And so it was just, it felt like a culmination of his lifelong work. Thinking about his dog. I, <laughs> yeah, he probably, saw the, he probably saw on Twitter the farmer's dog, yeah. uh, farmer's <laughs> commercial. He and, saw the early leak of that commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, listen, I imagine y- y- people get choked up during the na- national anthem all the time. It's not about that. It's a very moving moment. But he, I was just surprised at the amount of tears. Yeah. It was a lot. And that's a big emotional swing where now you got to, okay, wipe the tears away. Now you got to go play. It was, coach. as I'm sitting there in the stands, it's game time. It's about to kick off. No comments on football. I just get this all caps text. 
was Nick Sirianni crying <laughs> from that? <laughs> I was like, dude, he was like crying. Not- uh, that, those are great. Those are really, actually, to me, those things are what make the Super Bowl so awesome is those side things. But can I share one I had? Wait, I have number one. Oh, oh that was the one? number one. Oh, no, go ahead. Number oh, one and the top five most memorable non-football moments in the Super Bowl. Rihanna's pregnant? Oh. <laughs> it took everyone like half of the halftime show to figure out if she was actually pregnant because in our in this day and age, which I think is probably better, you're not just going to call out a woman if like, you know, she looks like maybe she's gained some weight. And you know you can't ask a woman if she's pregnant. It's the number one thing you can't do. So everyone's doing math in their head like, didn't she just have a kid in May? What month is it now? It's February? Like, is this possible? We know that it is possible. And she was definitely out there doing the halftime show up basically flying over the stadium pretty significantly pregnant wow could at you at least six months could you have done that when you were six months pregnant hell no <laughs> and i had a great pregnancy i was i was walking around working out and stuff but there's no chance you would have caught me up there i'm a, i'm home with a pint of ben and jerry's no way i couldn't see everything was there a harness on all those people that were going up and down you know there was a harness in the beginning but okay. then when she goes up at the end which was like the big finale I, she was hanging on to the microphone. I think that's what she had. Like, wow. To hold and she's on. six months pregnant in the middle. She looks six she months pregnant. She was so far up. I know. That's kind of terrifying. Honestly, though, the, the finale is kind of what saved it because before that, she really wasn't doing a whole heck of a lot. Like the no fact wonder. that she was just, you know, I know, the fact she was just out there pregnant was like the feat in itself, but she wasn't like dancing a lot, you know. Not compared to like Madonna or, you know, Beyonce. Justin Timberlake. Yeah, not compared to some other entertainers we've had before. So she was just like kind of there. And her songs are still incredible. They're all, they'll always be good, but I wasn't like totally blown away by the halftime show. I know there was a lot of social media scuttlebutt about a guest coming up. Did you think somebody would come up? And if so, who? Anybody. It turned yeah. out the guess was the fact that she was pregnant and she was oh, just trying to be was coy. In the womb. Yeah. <laughs> um, one other thing. Yeah. When you're that pregnant and like doing at one point like these kind of like sexy provocative dances, it just like doesn't land the same way. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just because I remember myself being that yeah. pregnant, it's like, I don't want to do that. The sexiest dance was probably Travis Kelsey the other day. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Travis. Yeah. What Easy. Yeah, it's a family show. 100 million people watching. Uh, <laughs> can I just share one quick uh, non-Super Bowl moment? Of course. I got, I got an, another urgent text besides from yours about Nick Sirianni crying from my daughter saying, Dad, what time is the puppy bowl? So <laughs> uh, on Animal Planet, yeah. I found out and got her back. And then she called me and I was, she said, Dad, Team Fluff is winning. And she was so excited. So I had my <laughs> wife take a picture of her watching the Puppy Bowl and tweeted it out. It's so cute. It's a, and then Animal Planet with 2 million Twitter followers quote tweeted and said, this is one of the great moments, father-son, father-daughter bonding over the Puppy Bowl. Aww. 2 million followers tweeted out my daughter watching the Puppy Bowl. That's amazing. It's so random. I got to look at it right now. Oh, That's uh, incredible. Yeah, yeah. It was It was a nothing tweet. It was just this funny thing. Uh, but Team Fluff, and I saw my daughter real quick when I got home. She goes, yeah, all my friends were into Team Fluff. She didn't care <laughs> about the, the Super Bowl at all. Uh, but now the puppies are the theme. And you know, you're wondering why the Farmer's Dog commercial won the best Q rating of everything. Do you know how actors need something to cry? Uh, yeah. When they're trying to cry, there was one actress who thought of the final scene in the Titanic when they're playing the violin. Mm. You could just think of the farmers, farmers <laughs> commercial, and you're fine. 
I was thinking about it. Yeah, if you need to cry on old, my you, old dog. Can you cry on on cue? No. Can you? Do you want to try it right now? I can now. Can you think about the farmer's dog? Yeah, that's pretty sad. All right, let's all sit around and cry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so thinking, keep the YouTube up. Radio. Let's all everybody, <laughs> share, everybody share what they're thinking about. I'm thinking about a certain holding call. <laughs> I think we're going to get actual tears. Oh. We're going to get Nick Sirianni tears. All right, we'll keep the YouTube during the break. Just keep it on us, and we're all going to try to cry because that's the kind of fun show we I, have around I know here. my motivation. You have a dog now. Yeah, no, but that's not even it. Oh, you have a small child at home and haven't slept in months. Uh, yeah. that's, that's not you, it either. Uh, Jets seasons, just no, in general? No, no. no. Um, Zach Wilson? No, I'm thinking I'm thinking baseball. I can reveal it later. <laughs> when you were arrested for breaking into the field at Yankee <laughs> Stadium? No, that's dancing. That's dancing moment. moment. No, that's... Um, I'm thinking Luis Gonzalez. Oh, but you had a dynasty oh. before that. Boo-hoo, Yankee fan. I know, fan. but it was after 9-11. There was so many emotions. All the FDNY and NYPD hats. That was emotional. All right, well, now you're going to bring 9-11 into it. I yeah, cried. Can... I, that was the last time I cried from sports. You, I'd cry more at the Mike Piazza home run than I would at the Luis Gonzalez. Piazza home run, if you want to talk about post-9-11 sports moments. That was everything. I'll cry right now thinking about that. Maybe that will be my moment. I actually get teary when I talk about the Eagles winning the Super Bowl and calling my dad from Minnesota and say, Dad, we we did it. <laughs> Give me a moment. No. <laughs> I like the wee part of it. <laughs> we did it. By the way, I was going to call him last night and say, Dad, another one. Eh, the first one was better. <laughs> <laughs> you think? <laughs> my dad. The first my one dad, you took down Tom Brady. This time you lost on I, kneel downs to Mahomes. I had to text my mom urgently last night to tell you, Tell dad, who's not a young man, it's just a game. Do not. Apparently, he was on the verge of just a total anxiety. Then he Tom. walked in the rain for an hour after the game. I had to walk it off. Walked in the pouring rain in Philadelphia for an hour. That's what my mom said. Oh, man. So, yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be easy for us all to cry. I mean, you're a Bills fan. It's super easy. I know. I'll, I got like a roulette wheel full yeah, of things. I don't think you, just spin it. We can land on something. You really can't cry at the Mets. That's There's too much laughter involved there. Thomas says, I cry thinking there are people out there who are actually Mets fans. Thanks, Thomas. <laughs> um, all right. Leave it in the chat. The most memorable non-football moment from last night. Or give us a call. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. And how long did it take you and your Super Bowl party to all figure out that Rihanna was pregnant? Because it was dicey there for a little bit. It's like, ah. Lots of Googling in uh, Twitter searches. Yeah. A lot of counting backwards. Like May, June, <laughs> July, August. Uh, okay. Coming up, which of the two football teams we watched last night, who has the brighter future? Is it the Chiefs? And is this a dynasty or is it the Philadelphia Eagles with Jalen Hurts, who had statistically one of the greatest Super Bowls in history? We'll get to that in just a moment. Again, 855-2124-CBS. Don't move. More Maggie and Pearl off after this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? 
Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. <laughs> Wait, did she sing this last night, Maggie? No. Yeah, yeah, no, no. She definitely did. I remember it was the second yeah. song. It was great. This I think is, she did eight songs last yeah, night. Yeah, this was the, number two. The line was set at nine, I think nine and a half. This was an anthem in my house for the kids growing up. This was their favorite song. Yeah. Uh, you know, they were not that into the, the, the Super Bowl or the halftime show, whatever. But uh, they also did not care about the Eagles getting hosed by a bad call at the end. <laughs> They're uh, yeah. a little young to understand the gravity of that. But I know you guys out there do. Give us a call, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Was it the appropriate call? Obviously, I, I know that I don't think it was. I think it was technically right. But at the time, the way they had called the rest of the game, he should have held the flag. And I think you feel the same way, Maggie. I absolutely do. With no dog in this fight whatsoever, I was even betting on the Chiefs. So I would even, I guess my money would tell me I should be rooting for them to call a flag and throw a flag there. I thought it was absolute crap. I mean, first of all, you haven't been calling that all game long. You've been letting guys play. And you know what? That was good. Even earlier in the game, I think Juju Smith-Schuster, he was like wildly gesticulating because he thought he was held Mm. earlier in the game, which was a much more of a mugging than what happened on that last play on the third and eight where they end up throwing the flag. And I think we all feel like all we want is for the referees, if you're going to call it one way in the first half, call it the same way in the second half. And they called it all the way up until two minutes left to go in the game. They called it a certain way. And that's why it's just such BS. And... I felt bad that we got robbed of a potential, like a real shot at a game-winning drive. Absolutely. You know, that's that's what the fans want. By the way, you totally nailed one of your bets. A lead change in the fourth quarter, a huge odds. That was great. Plus 650. But uh, I do believe that the season-long contest is over. It is, and you Uh, edged me out. Edge you out. I dominated you. In the, uh, I went two for one on Sunday, and you went two for one. Because Kenneth Gainwell, had, his over on our rushing yards was 20. Came up with a hard-fought 21 yards. And I was worried that if he had one negative run, I was going to lose that one. But the over, the over was set pretty much by halftime. I mean, the over was the easiest bet of the day. As soon as they, they tied it up 7-7, I was like, oh, this game's going Yeah, over. the first two drives, <laughs> I felt really good about the over. But you did get the Chiefs, so you were 2 one, uh, it was a good battle. So our final season scores, I think I've got it right here. Perloff went 37 and 29. I mean, you closed like Seabiscuit. I mean, <laughs> wait, you were secretariat out there. And I ended 35 and 31. Yeah, it was, it was dead even <sighs> two weeks ago. Crazy. Just for the record, last nine weeks of the season, Perloff 70% win percentage. Yeah. How'd you do it? 19 and 8. I mean, that, that's how, that's how you win in the clutch. It's called figuring out how the NFL works. I got it. I got the script. That's you, all I needed. You want to know what? You're the Patrick Mahomes of betting. Way <laughs> <laughs> to close it out. He cheated. He got the script. That's the I way. got a cheap call with Kenneth Gainwell getting 21 yards on my prop. <laughs> it was the most boring prop to ever watch on Super Bowl. Yours was so much more interesting, and you totally nailed it. Uh, let's go to Frank is in Kentucky. Wants to talk about the defensive holding call. What's up, Frank? How are you? Fine. How are you? Um, you know. Uh, I think it's an even up call is what I thought it was. Mm. And I thought, I thought Mahomes uh, coaxed it out of the side judge who made the call. Uh, I definitely agree with that. That a hundred percent Mahomes was part of that call. Well, he could see it and, 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 and none of the other officials could see it. And I, and I think the only one who could see it was the side judge. 
who made the call and who was the one who uh, failed to make the call earlier in the game where Bradbury was blatantly holding. Um, and this was also holding, too. And, you know, uh, that's got to work on you. You know, when you don't call each play on its own merit, um, you know, as, as the game ought to be played purely, you know, call the game on its, each play on its own merit. When you get into this, uh, we called it one way in the first half and, yeah. and one way later. I mean, you know, then, you know, that's got to work on, a, on an official. And Mahomes was able to, to, to scream it out of him, I think. I, and, you know, Frank, uh, I, think it's a, I think it's a fair call by you. You know, listen, I think we're all not naive. Are they going to call it the exact same way in the first quarter that they do in the fourth quarter? Maybe not. But yeah, but they should be more lackadaisical in the fourth quarter. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm more likely to let things go if I'm a ref. I'm more likely to let things go in those final minutes and really let the athletes determine who's going to win the game. Well, Because that ball was never going to be caught by Juju. Never. It was 15 yards over his head. Well, to be fair, that, that side judge, he is only watching the action. He is not watching the ball. That's true. So, And there's only one official who's watching that interaction. Because when you have those multi-receiver sets, every official is assigned a coverage. Yep. So he was presumably judging just that play. But he threw the flag late, which meant he was reacting to Mahomes. He got suckered in by <laughs> the greatest quarterback in the game. I get it. It was just bad timing. Just wait. Next year, coaches are going to watch this tape yeah. from the Super Bowl, like we all did, and they're going to tell their players, you sell the bejesus out of all oh, this. Been... I want you flopping out there like Vladi Divac. What are you talking about? That's been all year long. It's it's become the NBA. There's been so much selling. No, no, but just like the, just the protesting, you know? Yeah, that's that's kind of the way it is now. I, I, I don't think this game is going to change that. I, we're used to seeing it, I think, more in the open field. This was on the lines. I thought the, the line they were over the top on also, Sunday. I agree with that. Let's let's be honest, and we'll get to this a little bit later. But what are they going to do about the quarterback sneak? Because oh, that was, it is not you could Jalen Hurts could sneak that ball from five yards out and they yeah. get it. It looks like rugby. Well, we're going to get in the Eagles' chances for a dynasty or legacy here yeah. in a bit. If they make that play illegal, that's a huge problem for the Eagles because it's, it's their secret weapon. It's, it's not amazing. So secret. <laughs> yeah, it's their they weapon. They use it a hundred times a game, and it works every freaking time. Uh, Ed is in Pennsylvania. Ed, what's up, sir? What do you think about the holding call at the end? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, I, I'm definitely in the minority, but I thought it was the right call. I hear all these people complaining, and it's like, so they're saying don't call the call, so you're saying you don't want the ref to do their job. Like, that's their job, and just don't do it because we feel like you sh- we shouldn't do it like so ed wait ed ed does that mean every infraction in the course of game no matter how small should be called is that what you're saying if they see it yeah but i just think the refs are so terrible that they don't see a lot of them and the ones that they see they call every holding on the offensive line every single one you wouldn't get through uh a drive it would take an hour to get through the first quarter yeah but how many of them are they actually seeing like we can see it because we have all these TVs and all these cameras and stuff, but on the field, how many are they actually seeing? I think they see a lot of physical contact when the cornerback's covering the receiver. They could see the hands on the hand. Every every time there's contact there, so they could see that, and that's technically a foul. Ed, thank you for the phone call. I I, I get the letter of yeah. the law, people. 
I just don't get it in this instance. But, and, I, and to your way, point, yeah, yeah, a game would be six hours long if we called holding on every play. I mean, Ed's point is correct. He's he's not wrong about yeah. that. It was the correct call. I, I understand what he's saying, but I do think you ha- you can't let every call go. I mean, I mean, you can't call everything. It's like the caller said, it's driving over 55. If you pulled over everyone over 55 miles per hour, you wouldn't have a highway. How about this one from Thomas in the chat? Thomas is a loyal listener and chat contributor, and we appreciate him very much. He said, so in what show block are you going to talk about this was the second worst Super Bowl collapse ever? What? Is that right? Maybe by because it was a 10-point lead at halftime? I mean, listen, the San Francisco 49ers had a 10-point lead going to the fourth quarter. Yeah, they came back. the Chiefs came back earlier this time. Second worst Super Bowl collapse ever. We got Rich Ackerman, the historian here. Rich, go through your uh, never-ending Rolodex of a brain. Weren't the Niners down 20 to nothing? Uh, or it was? I think they were down by 20 points when they won... Uh, when they beat the Bengals in, in the Pontiac Silverdome in 81. Well, number one is obviously the Falcons yes. going away. Number one, no one will ever be top. I don't think. I don't know if I'd go. 28-3. I don't know if I'd go greatest collapse with uh, down by 10 at the half with Patrick Mahomes. I don't. I didn't see it that way as a collapse because the Eagles kept scoring. You know, unlike the Falcons who, I, I mean, I oh, guess wait, they. The, the, bah. What? The Falcons were up 28-3 and a half. That's what he said. That's oh, number sorry. one. Sorry, I was busy Googling. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, Welcome I thought he was talking about I thought his number one was the San Francisco blowing against the Chiefs because that was obviously worse. No, he's I, saying that this was the second worst Super Bowl collapse ever. I, I didn't well, see actually, it that I'm way. I'm sorry, the in eighty one the the uh the Bengals fell apart and then they came back. That's what it was. And but they came up short ultimately. But wait, there's no way so, you could say the Eagles were worse than what the Niners did because the Niners were up 10 with about three minutes and 30 seconds left or, or something. It was in the fourth minutes. quarter. They yeah, it was in point, the second half of the fourth. Lead. Sorry, it was a five-minute. Yeah, so the Eagles had a 10-point lead at halftime, but that was the biggest lead they got all game. I guess I also just didn't see it as a collapse, again, because like the Eagles just kept scoring, and, it, it, and the game was tied. I know they were up 10 at the half, but then they tied the game with, what, six minutes left to go at 35 all? So I didn't see it as a collapse, but that's interesting. Well, that Thank was you a for comeback. giving us something <laughs> yeah, the, to think the, about, Tom. The Eagles had a comeback. You yeah, know. right, because they were down. I don't think it would fit in the parameters of this argument, but I also would have to say the collapse of the Denver defense, Super Bowl twenty two. Oh yeah, twenty two in, in, in the second in the second quarter when Doug Williams was just throwing yeah. all over the place. Oh man, Doug Williams. Oh, that <laughs> ended up being a blowout, though. Yeah, right? that's but that's why it was. I mean, they just what did they have thirty five points in the second quarter? I think. It was you turned turned it off at halftime. Um, How about Doug Williams? I mean, stately, right? Mm-hmm. Gentleman of the game, obviously trailblazer. You know, first black quarterback to start and win a Super Bowl in the history of the NFL on Radio Row on Friday. As soon as I put the <laughs> duck costume on, that's funny. Doug Williams walks by the table. My <laughs> dignity just evaporated. It's like, oh, of course he walks by when I have the silly duck costume on. Uh, what do you Maggie, think? Collapse. Maggie, Maggie, Uh I think the Giants had a big comeback against the Broncos. I'm seeing here. At that, well, I don't know they what that. They were down goes. one at the half. Oh, is that it? Okay. Yeah, in, in the in twenty. Uh, Pats were down twenty four fourteen to the Seahawks going into the fourth quarter. Wow, very similar score. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we know what happened there with Malcolm Butler at the goal line. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. Do you look at this Eagles loss as a collapse? Huh? 
Thomas gave us something to think about. You never know what you're going to learn in our chat. YouTube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. Of course, we're across the country on all of our amazing CBS Sports Radio affiliates. 855-2124-CBS. Taking your phone calls, too, on the defensive holding call against James Bradbury at the end of the game. Does it make it any better that Bradbury owned it afterwards? Did he take some of the wind out of the sails? Because I'd still be ticked off if I were an Eagle fan. Whether Bradbury says he was holding or not. That's a play they let go all game long. 855-212-4CBS. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff after this CBS Sports Update with Rich Ackerman. Maggie Perloff and you, day after the Super Bowl, Perloff's Eagles come up just a bit short, and you didn't get help by the referees, that's for sure, because that defensive holding call on James Bradbury became the story of the game. Now, we can talk about Mahomes' legacy and Andy Reid and guys who are going to walk into the Hall of Fame and, and are the Chiefs a dynasty, but for this particular game, as we're reacting to it from last night, that's a place where the referees must swallow the whistle, cannot throw the flag. Let us all be treated to a great game. Keep it great. Not, oh, now we get three kneel downs and a chip shot by Harrison Bucker. So do you think the Eagles would have hit a field goal or a touchdown there in the last drive? I mean, listen, both teams are having trouble stopping each other. (laughs) So I I don't know. Maybe it would have went to overtime. I have no idea. Listen, maybe the Chiefs would have stopped them. At least we would have known. I know. I mean, it would have been hard. Four downs with Jalen Hurts feeling the run game. Oh, boy, that would have been really hard. I, I mean, honestly, when quarterbacks are just going to sell out for the run and they're fast enough, like we saw Mahomes, it's very hard to get a really good quarterback off the field with four downs. Listen, Jalen was excellent last night. Now, he had the bad fumble, which led to the scoop and score, oh. which honestly, like, I thought the Eagles were about to put him away. I don't know if you, ever, if you ever really put away Patrick Mahomes, but that would have been unreal. And instead, Bolton comes up with a scoop score touchdown. Bad fumble by Jalen Hurts. But beyond that, I mean, statistically, he had one of the best games ever for a quarterback. He carried the ball 15 times for 70 yards. That's a record for a quarterback in the Super Bowl. He scored three touchdowns, threw for a fourth. I mm-hmm. mean, he was excellent last night. Yeah, and completed uh, the two-point conversion to tie the game. Yeah, Coach Nick Sirianni said it's the best game he's had he's had while the two were together over the last two years. And Jalen's had some heaters. He's had games where he's twenty-one for twenty-three, three touchdowns. So for Sirianni to say that, also, you know, I've been saying this all along. The Chiefs are not a great tackling secondary. <laughs> They're just not. And honestly, the Eagles Eagles scored more easily against them. The Niners' defense really stymied the. The Eagles. The yeah. Eagles were not, they had no problems on offense. The problems came on defense. And it was shocking, quite frankly. Yeah. It was shocking, especially after Mahomes re aggravates the ankle. You go into halftime, whatever, and listen, nobody's asked him, or at least he hasn't answered, but whatever got put in that ankle. I mean, I can only speculate here. I don't think he put anything in it for the AFC Championship game, but he came out after halftime and it was like, oh, what ankle? I'm sorry. Was yeah. there an injury? Oh, yeah. it's like uh, you were grimacing in pain 40 minutes ago, and yeah. now you're fine. Give me some of that, whatever that yeah, is. Seriously, I'll take a little <laughs> over here just to get through the day. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Lucci is in Washington, D.C., has a question for us that we have not been asked yet. What's up, Lucci? Hey, what's up? I, I appreciate y'all uh, jumping me in here real quick, and I apologize for not being on the topic. However, I heard a uh, announcement or like the you know a little update on the uh, on the commercial, but not Eric Bieniemy 
Washington, the Washington commanders are going to reach out to him for for what? If they're not reaching out to that man for a head coaching position, I, I really don't understand why they would reach out for him to uh, interview for, for, for the OC uh, position. Um, I think that's beneath him at this point. Um, in all honesty, I mean, why would he want to come to the to the sinking ship of Washington when he's doing his thing out there and uh he's doing his thing out there in KC? That was a heck of a game. Let me tell y'all real quick if I can how much my life sucked. I didn't get to watch the game last night because I was at work. Oh, oh man. Yeah, I, I got it recorded. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna watch it tonight. But yeah, I was out here. Uh, I, I, I delivered packages, so I was out here in the rain and I couldn't oh. watch the game. The only thing I got back to the station. And I saw them kick the field goal to win it. That's all I saw. Lucci, I can't even contribute to what I saw, so I apologize. Lucci, you should be excited about this, Eric Bieniemy, because there's a lot of talent in Washington. All you're missing is a quarterback. You, you know, Brian Robinson's awesome. Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson is a really good receiving core. If you get a free agent quarterback and you get Eric Bieniemy, you know, he wants to leave so he can do the primary play calling. That's possibly really, really good there. Yeah, but Perloff, I mean, and Lucci, Let thank you for the call. Yes. Say, say hey, one can more I thing. Say this real quick? Can I say this? Yeah. I feel you. You don't got to sell me on, on Washington's talent. You got to sell me on Washington's coaching and leadership. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Lucci. I think it's a wrap for Rivera, man. You know, that's it. But y'all have a good one. Thanks for bringing me in, man. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, I'm sorry to get a chance to watch the game. So... How how would you have characterized Ron Rivera when he was on our set last week? Now, this could have been because his schedule was really tight. I d- thought he was not as relaxed as he was last year. But he lost 10 pounds. He looked svelte, which was interesting. No, he did not seem as comfortable. Yeah. Like he's on the hot seat. Kind of. Like, he was selling Sam Howell as quarterback one. No he wonder he wasn't Sam Howell hard as QB1. Hey, and nobody's the, buying it. To the well, point I, where he's at like... What are we going to even try to give up for Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers? We're not mortgaging the future for those guys. It's like, yikes, dude. But that being said, Sam Howell, it was mysterious. Sam Howell's fall from grace. There was a time Sam Howell was a surefire number one pick. He's just not big. So he fell to the fifth round. It's not crazy. To, if Brock Purdy could ball out in San Francisco, Sam Howell could be a thing. <laughs> well, I mean, San Francisco, I know we like the weapons in D.C. It's just a little bit different Kyle Shanahan versus Ron Rivera. Listen, the thing about Bietami, I get what Lucci's saying. It does feel like a lateral move. You know, you're part. You've been part of the Chiefs for the last ten years. Maybe he feels like he needs to do his own thing to finally yeah. get a head coaching job. Well, to be the primary play caller and bring that Kansas City magic elsewhere. Uh, by the way, but no quarterback is a big thing. Well, yes, but if you're Eric Bieniemy and you're a brilliant play caller, Andy Reid has made really average quarterbacks look great before. The the one thing I would be worried about if I'm Bieniemy though is also I think Rivera's on the hot seat also. So why would you go to a place where the coaching staff is in danger of all getting fired in a year? Because that means you too, unless you get elevated to the head job. And we know what happens with interim coaches. They rarely ever get the real full-time gig. Yeah, but where he's not getting the job. He's not getting a full-time job out of Kansas City. What else does he have to prove there? Win a third Super Bowl? And then I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe yeah, I, I should hire this guy. <laughs> I don't know. It's Maggie, a mystery to everybody why he doesn't have a head coaching job. We have to focus on these callers who are going to back me on how bad that call was at the end of the game. We'll get them next hour, and we just really have to, as a nation, let the NFL know we're not accepting it. Okay. Now our show's on a mission. Yes. To be heard. Call in. <laughs> about how bad the defensive holding call was last night at the end of the game that ultimately did decide the game.
Yeah, give us a call, 855-212-4227, and support Perloff on his mission to put an asterisk next to the Super Bowl, Maggie. We see you guys on the phones. You are a massive part of the show today because we want to hear from you. We were all watching that game last night. What did you think about the call? Let us know. Again, 855-212-4CBS. We are on YouTube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. Let's go. Let your voice be heard. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.